If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 59 on the dot, as usual. Cinderin joined by me, the great professional Counter-Strike player of Old Suns fan. You know all about it, guys. You've heard all about it here. Uh, Cinderin, let's read out our shout-outs and then give a a short announcement, as it were. Uh, you can take the first yep. half. I actually jumbled the names this time. Not on purpose, but I think it'll make it more exciting for everybody. Okay. All right. I'll, uh, I'll do the first half. Uh, okay. So our in Bruce tier subscriptions for now, or patrons. Uh, bacon. No, not that bacon. The other bacon. Lick. Puco, Tickles, Houston Adamo, Shark TM, Hoey988, Dayon Shy Guy, Absolute Sword, Slightly Dented Head Man. Oh, nice. Freshly seasoned goat balls. We do not tolerate abusive or sexist language. Poop Feast 420 and Hugh G. Rection. Perfect. I'll take over from here, Cinder. Thank you so much. Sneaky Beaver. Maybe I should have looked at these names beforehand. Uh, ben Jackson, Dop, Chosnek, Pizda, Fane, underscore man himself. There's actually way more names than usual. Am I crazy? Ben Broomhead is cooler than Ben Jackson, Pitch Black, Fellowship of the Ping, Agent Huggy Bear, DG, Terry Tip, Wooden Aftertaste, Duntalk, The Coward, Dyslexic Lawyer, Anonymous, and Ronnie Keel. Thank you so much, guys, for being a part of the In Bruges tier. So I guess before we get started with the episode, I, we can have this small announcement. Um, I know there's been a lot of heavy stuff that's been going on this week. And although Cinder and I strongly agree that these are very important issues, we actually want to dedicate an episode soon where we can bring somebody as a guest to help us get uh, the female perspective. And that someone is going to be Sajidine, a.k.a. the woman that has to put up with me every single day. So we can add, that's probably going to be my first question. Right out of the gates in that episode. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think it's also going to help to let some, like kind of some of the things going on right now develop so that we can reflect a little bit better on it. Yeah. So I'm not sure what people are expecting, but this is what you're going to get. I think it's yeah, for the there's, best. There's, there's a lot of stuff that is going on right now and that has been going on in the last few days. And I think waiting a week... Um, helps things get not necessarily get closure but get closer to a point where uh you know where it's it's easier and better i would say to talk about what is going on with the case and what has happened and everything um and yeah i think getting getting a women's perspective is is really important because obviously you know they're the ones who are mainly targeted by this stuff so um yeah yeah so i, I think it's good to do it that way um yeah like anything relating to like red eye which as far as i know has nothing to do with sexual harassment or anything like that that will still be saved for next week i think 
It's another situation where there's just so much shit going on around. That's crazy. Uh, better to reflect. We'll do a, an episode about all the cases that's going on. Basically. Yes. And try to see. Yeah. Okay. So, so I think you had a, an addendum. Oh yeah. From yes, last I week. Did. Yeah. So if you guys remember last week, we were talking about uh, a game where a guy called DNM um, ended up winning a three v five game. They were. We were talking about some match fixing allegations, right? Yeah. Did did that get mentioned that episode? I think it did. Yes. Um. I think we said everybody was banned, or the team was banned, which is incorrect. Yeah, the team was banned. That's right. That's what we said. Um, but we we should actually correct, or uh, yeah, it, it's still true that the team got match fixed, but we should specify that both DNM and WIJ from the team, they were cleared from wrongdoing because they were actually playing against the match fixing and trying to win the game, mm-hmm. um, which I will always say this kind of thing deserves a lot of praise when people are in this position it's also really difficult like imagine you're playing with a team and they're fixing uh first of all you're going against your own team which obviously never feels good but you're doing what you think is right even if the rest of your team is pulling in another direction so i really want to applaud that that's i think they literally played a 2v5 right am i mistaken in that that's what they i wanted 3v5 i think i think two of their players disconnected okay. and maybe they disconnected in order to lose because right. they were like man that we're not my... losing that was my understanding. Uh, but, yeah. So, yeah. That shit. Pretty cray-cray. Hats off to those two players. So, that, again, that was DNM and WIJ. And a lot of people are talking about DNM as the possible next big thing in the Americas region. Um, he's like 17 or something. And has improved really fast, basically. A good career ahead of him. Very possibly. Good. And this is a good thing to have on your resume. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I was just having a conversation about this is completely unrelated. Resumes in esports are so funny because you could literally put whatever you want. And how are they verifying that exactly? You know, you can just put your friend as a as a source or whatever. Like, for example, if I were to make a resume and try to like pimp it as much as possible, Cinderin, <clears throat> I would put like I've done a lot of stuff. Don't get me wrong. So a lot of it would be legit. player. Uh, probably wouldn't put that because it wouldn't help me get a job necessarily. If I was, if I thought that would help me, then yes, I would put that. But things like being <laughs> a host of a tournament, right? Technically, I've done it in stretches, but I've never been uh, talent as a host explicitly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I could yeah. put that. You know, that's it is kind of bullshit. But esports resumes, in a nutshell. Um, and you could put on your resume. You once did a podcast with Suns fan, an ex CS player. XCS pro player. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Beyond Epic tournament that you and I both cast. Um, so I will say one thing before we actually get into this. I know there's gonna we're gonna be talking about the patch today. I have not been having fun playing Dota very much via or before this this patch, but casting it has been fun for me personally. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel differently. There is one aspect that I don't like where it's very, very snowbally, but overall I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah. I don't know if you feel the same. I mean, uh, how much you enjoy casting series is a little bit up to luck, right? It's First of all, it's how good the teams are, which is not luck. You know that before the tournament starts. Actually, yeah. you don't. Like Sometimes the teams don't sound that impressive, but they play really well, or they're close in skill, which makes entertaining matches. Um but outside of that, like it's a little bit down to luck, right? Like, are the drafts close? Does it make for an exciting game? 
Like sometimes a top clash can be two 20 minute stomps and another time it can be a 120 minute epic, right? And you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, and I think some of the games we got were really good, uh, especially the series between uh, Viking GG and Secret. The first one I thought was really nice. Yeah. Um, very entertaining. One of the games went over 60 minutes. Um, some of the other games, though, kind of were, uh, how to say, well, they were a representation of the patch, basically, where a team got ahead, stayed ahead, and at like 15 minutes in, you weren't really in any doubt who was going to win. But that's also fine a lot of the times. It's just that it felt almost impossible for the losing team to come back instead of very difficult. So that's, Yeah, I mean, that that's the main downside of the patch in general. But other than that, the, the patch, or Dota has been fun for me to cast lately, which is great. Um, yeah. So... Like Flight and Moon versus Virtus Pro is one series that we cast, which had techies in both games that Virtus Pro lost. And Flight and Moon just looked better all around. But yeah. part like something in the back of my brain, I'm sure it's the same for you, <clears throat> wondering I mean, because VP's lineup is really good on paper, right? Mm-hmm. Would they have done better if they didn't try forcing this techies into every strategy? Because I think, I think three so. out of four right. games they played against VP in this tournament. Or against Flight of Moon was with Techies, and they lost all of them. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of weird, but you know, interesting to see nonetheless. So all in all, uh, Team Nigma they ended up going out of the upper bracket. They beat Liquid two one in the upper bracket finals to get to the grand finals, and Secret dropped early in the upper bracket to Team Liquid, and they just sto- steamrolled everybody two o two o two o, and then they get to the grand finals, and they three o'd, which. Do you remember the stat offhand? As is tradition. Yes. What is the now. tradition exactly? Tell me. They have won six grand finals in a row, 3-0 now. Um, <clears throat> Impressive. And not only that, they have some insane score lines. So they've broken a lot of records now, uh, according to, I think it was Knoxville. Secret has the best win ratio for any 50 consecutive games, any 75 consecutive games, 100, 125, and 150. Uh, so obviously you can have the best score in 150 games, but not the best one in 50, right? If you go, mm-hmm. you can imagine how that's possible. Um, it's just, it's crazy. The scoreline that they have right now. Are you surprised that, so I'm not surprised that they're doing so well because they're really good, mm-hmm. but I'm surprised that Navi back in the day, it felt like a two year stretch where they just destroyed everybody. So I'm surprised that that is a record for secret that's really really impressive i'd actually yeah, love to see like the comparison still, but in international lands back then i still think navi were losing a good amount and online matches they were also losing like because you need to it, it's not just about being dominant it's about winning basically all the time and winning series mm-hmm. clean sweep 2-0-2-0-2-0-2-0 right secret has so many series in the last month where they've even had tournaments where they haven't dropped the game, you know. Uh, I don't think Navi really had that very often. So that's funny. <laughs> it's not that's because Secret are playing against bad teams. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> They're playing against the that. best opposition they can have right so now. I, I guess my times, memory just so. fails me. Maybe it's more nostalgia than anything that is infecting my brain because I, I felt like during this year and a half stretch from Navi, they were just basically untouchable. The previous wow. record was Alliance, actually. That was the one Secret broke. I think Alliance had a, what was it? Was it 83-17 stretch? This was before TI3, right? Or leading into TI3, I assume. Uh, yes, it might include... 
would that, that probably wouldn't include TI. It could include the group stage of TI. There they went 14-0, I think, in the groups at TI3. Yeah, I remember that whole so, year they were super dominant. Okay. Yeah. Well, any anything else on this tournament you want to talk about? Uh, well, the biggest, how to say, the biggest positive surprise for me was how good Viking GG was and how good Fly to Moon were. So it's like, I feel like the teams are getting closer. The ones that were like a notch below are clearly getting closer. And then I guess the biggest disappointments overall, probably Alliance and OG that just didn't really show up to their form. They both got 7th, 8th. Obviously not happy with that, but let's see with a new patch and with uh, maybe the some better possibilities for the teams to boot camp that might help them out a lot. Um, but yeah, that was that's basically it. My my biggest positive surprise was how good Viking GG were, though. I think. Yeah, I mean they, they were, were going still... up against the Juggernaut Seeker, and even though they lost every game, there were a couple that were really close. Yeah. Um, but it did get to a point where we felt like, and you, I think you're the one that mentioned this, that they stopped picking for comfort it looked like, and we're just trying crazy shit because they didn't feel like their yeah. normal stuff could win against Secret. Right. Which, you know, that's the kind of mindset that ends up hurting you in a lot of ways if uh, when you're playing like these juggernaut it's, teams. It's really difficult. Um, I think it was good that they were trying to be creative in the last game. I just think they did it the wrong way, and that's easy to say. It's always easy when you're not the one playing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, should also mention, obviously, there was the Chinese division of this. We did not cast any of those games. Uh, but it is pretty big news that Sparkling, or sorry, Sparking, not Sparkling. You can call them Sparkling. Sparking Arrow Gaming, SAG, actually took the whole thing. And they beat Vici 3-0 mm-hmm. in the finals um, after losing to them in the upper bracket. So Vici got second, RNG third, and LGD fourth. So again, LGD. We've talked about them quite a lot in the podcast. They're just not, <clears throat> they're not consistently bringing in big results. They started in the upper bracket, got 2-0'd, and then they dropped down and got 2-1'd by Sparking Arrow. So it's really promising that there's a new Chinese team on the block because it feels like it's been a while since there's been like some really new uh, talent doing very well. But a lot of these players are not established in pro-tier Dota compared to any other teams. So that's pretty exciting. So what a lot of people have been asking for is new stars out of China that there must be. Like, there's so many good players in China, right? Like, why is it... That there's such a limited representation of that yeah, in the pro that's scene. True. Um, so, I think if you're in secret or even LGD, you can look at the opposite end of the spectrum here. You, I think we've actually talked about this, but I'll reiterate: you do not want to be peaking right now. You're so mm-hmm. far away from TI, and I mean, there's going to be this. Obviously, we're going to talk about the patch today and how that's going to change things, yeah. and there's going to be a bigger patch to come as well. But even with that in mind, there's going to be another big patch, I'm sure, before TI, because that's not even remotely close. And even though Secret is winning everything right now, it, I'm sure that they're a little frustrated that it's not leading it to TI, because it is June 30th <laughs> right now. And yeah, that would have been nice for them. But they've had issues with that in the past where they play really well yeah, leading into TI and then good. fail. Exactly. <laughs> now they can they just... win everything before, and then teams are more prepared for them and how <laughs> yeah. they play. Yeah. And maybe they play a bit too much, perhaps. Leading, I mean, you can always make excuses. It's so easy, and a lot of the time, it's just not really true, or it's a minor part of it. Uh, but you know, we kind of have to be grasping at straws because we don't ever really know what's going on in the team dynamic and in the drafting. You don't really get to see that locker room. But yeah. It's uh, it's very clear that Secret 
don't perform to their absolute best relative to the field at TI for whatever reason. That's been the case for a couple of years now. I think um, the it's interesting how different pe- different teams have different strategies for performing at TI, like prepping for it. Because the mm-hmm. original secret, and this kind of started this whole mindset of people just really focusing on stuff prior to TI. If I'm not mistaken, the first secret, they did not play anybody before TI, basically. Right. They didn't scrim. And them. because they were dominating everyone, they didn't want to give any secrets away, no pun intended. And I think that cost them. I think they probably get, I don't know what they got. It was like eighth place, maybe, if memory serves. It wasn't great, but yeah. if they had just played normal yeah, so. and just continued with their trajectory, they would have gotten top three, probably. I mean, who knows? Better. Right. Yeah. Who knows, though? It could have been even worse. True. They could have it's, gotten 16th. It's always going to be speculation. Yeah. yeah. That happened one year. They got 16th? One year. Yes. Really? I don't. At TI7. They got last or sixteenth, right? Which is not last, but close to last. I mm. think so. Let me just let me look this up. The international. I mean, I I don't Seven. doubt you, but I also don't remember. So I guess I'm I don't doubt trying. you. I answered my own. I question. think they got. No, they got nine to twelve. Actually, okay, that makes nine to twelve. All right. I feel like I maybe would have remembered bottom bottom seed, but anyway. Right. Uh, so. This past week, the battle level bundle was released. Cinderin. Um, yes. We don't really need to talk about the bundle itself because it's you know it's the usual stuff. You get percentage shit off, and people can get higher levels and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Want to talk about the prize pool? <laughs> yeah. So, despite everybody complaining about the battle pass and how it's a, it's not even a grind because you can't grind it. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's made for whales. All the good stuff are past, like, like even the first 100 levels, you don't really get anything. And we are currently sitting on, where is it? 20, is it 22.4 million right now? It's 24. Oh, it is 24. Okay. So we're sitting on 24 million. And, of course, I can't show the graph right now, but it is so far away from even just last year's battle pass, that yep. if you literally, if Valve literally did not do anything, including if they did not ever release all these Arcanas and Personas, they would probably still beat last year's prize pool. That is disgusting. They would um, get a lot of shit, though. People paying course. for stuff that they don't get. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, I mean, that's, in theory, they could release it that. after TI. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't I matter. Mean, yeah. The prize pool would still be beaten. Okay. So yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Does this surprise you? Because this is only going to reinforce the whole catering to whales, as it were. I've, right? So I, I don't remember if I've said this on the podcast or off the podcast before, but basically my stance on the TI prize pool is that Valve can beat it every year if they want to. And it's a matter of whether they do or not. Because people will... First of all, the first thing to remember is Reddit is a minority. Yes, it's a very vocal minority, and there's a lot of very active players on there or active people. But if you look at the number of subscribers on Reddit relative to the player base, it's not that big. Uh, Also, keep in mind that the entirety of China basically is not represented on Reddit, at least very little. And Mm -hmm. they spend a lot of money on Dota, like a lot. So you never get that perspective. Um, the, the other thing about this is like a lot of the things that people are complaining about 
is not from the perspective of what truly drives the prize pool high, right? What drives the prize pool high is not, oh, well, I don't know. I could just be talking out of my ass here, but I would assume it's not a lot of people buying a level one battle pass. The thing that really drives it are a lot of people buying a level 100 battle pass and leveling it for the good rewards because they end up paying 20, 30, 40, 50 times as much as a customer that buys a level one battle pass. It's, so obviously it's in Valve's interest that those players are happy. I know they would um, never release the stats. I would be so interested yeah. to know the discrepancy between... It would between, be very interesting to like, see. These whales um, that spend all this money, how much, like what percentage is that of the money that's being yeah. driven into this? I could never even fathom that much. But just yeah, to I give you guys... From, yeah, mm -hmm. okay. No, I was no, just, just going to say, say, go ahead, Cinderin, <laughs> for God's sake. Okay. So I think now with this bundle, uh, I bought two of this bundle, which are $30 each. And I bought levels a couple times prior. So I think now my battle pass is up to level 500. So I have everything that I wanted except the Windranger. Mm -hmm. And I think it has cost me around $150 in total. So that is about uh, maybe a little bit more than 150 Maybe closer to 200. Um, it's about the price of the Arcan of like four Arcanas and then there's all the extra stuff. So like for me, in terms of value, the Battle Pass is not bad value. Like I don't think so. I disagree okay. with the sentiment that this is super greedy. But like we've said before, the problem is the gap from, from one to getting those cool things. And there's still something to be wished for there, I think. Uh, so you're saying it's not greedy. I think it is greedy. But it's not in the traditional sense of we want to make more money. I mean, Valve makes enough money. I think it's mm -hmm. more about just beating that prize pool, which we've talked about again. I, right. I yeah, we can we can talk about that perspective, whether it's greedy to try to beat the prize pool every year. Because, I mean, if the money went to other stuff, like we've talked to death, like improving the scene or uh, having a stronger tier two scene or having it spread across multiple tournaments, I would be a huge fan of that, um, obviously. Yeah. But I don't know if that would be called greedy, that they want to try to beat the record. It's something that the community wants. It's something that the community celebrates. It's something that's really big for the game. I think we've uh, learned so one thing, Cinderin. The community yeah. doesn't know what they want. Okay. <laughs> I, I think of Dire Tide oh, every yeah, single time somebody complains about anything that I find ridiculous. Uh, but I People do want to... make mistakes. There's not always going to be <laughs> the same. And it's, again, it's the minority, right? <laughs> Think well, about yeah. how many people didn't care about Dire Tide. They're, they're not going to be very vocal about it. It's going to be like, okay, you guys can have your Dire Tide. I'm just going to play Dota, right? <laughs> That's true. Uh, I want to give just an idea to everybody here just to try to illustrate this picture, the discrepancy on how much bigger the prize pool is right now versus other years. So I'm going to go in order from mm -hmm. TI5 until current of what the prize pool was on this day, Okay. Yeah. So starting at TI5, then TI6, TI7, etc. So 11 million, 12 million, 14 million, 13 million, basically about, it actually rounds up to 14, 14 million. So, TI, so TI7, TI8 were roughly about 14 million, about the same. Then the big jump from TI8 to TI9 went from 14 million to just about 18 million. So that's a mm -hmm. 4 million increase. Right now, we are at 24 million. So that is a. Six million dollar increase, which is the biggest by far, and we haven't they haven't even released that... a lot of the shit yet. <clears throat> a lot of it, but they so. have released the weekend bundle, which they released later in all the other years, right? So 
it is to be expected that this graph will jump ahead a lot because the biggest value purchase has been put into the game. Mm. Now, because it's been put in so early, who knows? Maybe they have plans for a second or something else somewhere down the road. Or they were just like, ooh, those graphs are really close to kissing. Let's make sure they never get close to each other again already so we don't I mean, have to stress about it. Can we talk about that? Is that a thing? <laughs> is somebody at Valve like, oh my God, it's about to, it's about to touch. We need to do something. Because it feels like Possibly. looking at the graph, it looks like it. Like, yeah, because they might, from their perspective, it might look bad and reflect bad on them from, from the community's perspective. Like, wow, it's getting worse. The game's dying, you know, dead game, la la la. Um, so they just avoid that narrative entirely this way. But that, that really is my point, too, right, about this, is that people keep saying, oh, vote with your wallet this year. Let's show that TI or that Valve are too greedy or whatever. Like, when Valve wants, they can release some immense value to you in the game. And you better believe me, there's enough people that are going to buy it. So, like, to to put it into perspective, I think if Valve wanted to, this Battle Pass could reach 50 million. I really think it could if they put enough cool stuff into the game and they wanted to. The problem about that is it's kind of artificial inflation almost of the community, right? Where mm. you put so much good shit into the game and then if you want to try to beat the record next year, the amount of pressure you put on yourself and the amount of, like, Maybe they're also a bit concerned concerned about how much this dwarfs the rest. Like we're not the only people voicing concern at this, but like I don't know what how they're thinking about this. But clearly, the prize pool is just getting like well, we talked about it, it last year, right? We TI eight and TI nine. That's almost a ten million dollar difference, I believe. Uh, just ginormous. Think, think about this from another company's perspective. Imagine another game developer. Let's say Blizzard were in this position. I feel like they there's a good chance that they would go fucking crazy on this and make it insanely big. They, they wouldn't do this contribution thing to the prize pool. That's a totally different story. But <clears throat> I think other companies, given the possibility of printing money, basically like this, like you almost are with this, they would go yeah. way harder on it. I, I do feel like they're maintaining it at a reasonable level from their perspective relative to previous years where they don't go way too hard. Um, because if you go too greedy, which is a word people love to use here, I think it's going to be a problem in the end. So they seem to be like aiming to stay well, somewhat. The way that they're doing this, Cinder, like if you want to use the word greedy or I mean, whatever mm-hmm. word you want to put in there, if you compare the battle passes from year to year, it's yeah. going in a certain direction and it's just going to keep going in that direction in order to beat the prize pool okay. every single year. Especially considering there's less players in Dota than there have been in the past. So is that... How much does that harm the scene as a whole? You know, is that I was hoping that after TI, I don't know which I've been wanting this for a while, but it would make Mm -hmm. sense after TI 10 to just change it completely how they do it every year. So we could have these shared prize pools between multiple tournaments throughout the year. Uh, We can have battle passes for every season. Uh, Yeah. But TI 10 would make, in theory, the most sense. To change the strategy up, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, they've proven they can they can Obviously. beat this prize pool every fucking year if they want. Easy, easy peasy. I yeah. didn't think they could a couple years ago. I think I said they that it would be a couple years and they wouldn't be able to do it. But uh, <laughs> then personas came, and I've changed my mind completely. I mean, what they could do as an example, if they want to still beat the TI prize pool, they could say, for example, this year you could say uh, everything contributed beyond 30 million goes to the infrastructure of the tier two team uh, tier two scene and other top tier tournaments 
then you've basically said our goal is to beat the record if we don't beat the record then everything goes into ti as usual and if we beat the record we are going to look to improve the health of the game i think that would be awesome and would not reflect poorly on them at all if right, they we, did it that way we discussed a this good before chance, like, the last ti that, that's if this prognosis continues the way the graph looks and they did nothing or do very little, there's a good chance they could reach, let's say, 35 million. I don't think that's out of the question. When new things come into the game and people want to spend more money, mm-hmm. maybe 33 or whatever, that $3 million, it's a small portion, but damn, does it go a long way to improve the year. Like $3 million is a lot of money for especially the tier two scene. It's a crazy amount of money that they never get to get their hands on. And they don't have to get all of it. They don't have to get even the majority of it or even a big chunk that could still go to the bigger tournaments it's just yeah we if you guys want to hear more about this we've talked it to death on previous episodes i'm not sure which ones by now we've talked about like three or four times so i don't it was one of the pre-ti9 episodes i mean we came up with this exact solution and i agree fully agree it would be very good uh but remains to be seen if that's going to happen but what did happen this week cinderin very Kind of excited. I wasn't really excited, not going to lie. Uh, 7.27 was released. Of course, yep. Ice Frog let us know beforehand, so we could at least prepare ourselves that this would not oh. include heroes. Uh, oh, yeah. Which I find the most exciting <laughs> like, personally. Uh, Ice hey, Frog Shannon, personally. Just dropping tomorrow. Get ready for your podcast. <laughs> he personally messaged me and let me know. That he would be adding something to the fountain, of course. Um, oh, not really, but he did. Why did you get? Uh, <laughs> were we agreeing on that one? I don't know. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, so I'll let you lead the discussion uh, right. on what you want to talk about because we're not going to go through every single line, but there are quite a few Correct. things that we do want to discuss. Yeah. So yeah, we don't we don't want to go into too much detail, but the big news here is number one, no hero changes. So it's only about. Uh, the meta of items and economy, basically. And all of the aura items that have been really powerful have been changed. So Necronomicon, we're not going to go into every detail. I'll just say like the bigger things. So Necronomicon, Helm of the Dominator, Vlad's and Drum, Mech, Greaves, Crimson have all been changed in one direction or the other to try to balance out auras a bit better, um, which has led to an, an incredible decrease in win rate on Lycan and Beastmaster, for example. They've been hit really hard. Uh, maybe too hard, but it's always difficult to predict. Maybe the playstyle just needs to be adjusted and players need to get better at playing with other items. Um, and then I always love to, as I've talked about before, I love to look at the general section more than anything. People love looking at item changes or their favorite heroes, but the general section is where the really big stuff is actually at, even though it just looks like a couple admit, of line of text. This one is a little more interesting than usual, not just based on the fact that some of the stuff we've never seen uh, quite like this, but also... Mm-hmm based on the fact that everyone is so sick and tired of kills not mattering. So I think more people paid attention to that than anything. So what has happened is that the base experience you get for a kill has increased by 60 from 40 to 100, which is huge for the laning stage and for first blood attempts. It means means that killing a hero in the lane is so much more important, whether it's 1v1, 2v2, 2v3, whatever it is. This makes tri-lanes against dual lanes a lot more interesting as well, because if you can have a killer lane, it can compensate for the experience loss now to a large extent that you get by having three heroes in the same lane. So I think we're going to see more tri-lanes. In addition undying to is coming back, get, Cinderin? Is that what you're saying? It's an undying patch now. It is. Oh! Good. Who knows? Maybe they'll redo his um, ultimate. They'll add an ultimate for him in the next patch. <laughs> Can't wait. 
You get more gold as well. It went from 99 plus 7.2 times the hero's level to 120 plus 8 times the hero's level, which means that a kill on a level 1 hero gives a minimum of, what's that, 29 more gold. Just a one guy killing a level 1 hero. And obviously, as the scaling progresses, it matters quite a lot. Um, and then assist gold has also been increased. The flat assist gold has been lowered on level one. So it went from 45 to 30. And then the factor has been increased. So it went from 0 0.033 times their net worth to 0 0.038 times their net worth. Mm -hmm. And that means that the assist gold on low level kills is lower, but the assist gold later in the game when people have a lot of net worth is higher. So kills, again, are more impactful later in the game. Uh, everybody gets more passive gold. Bounty runes, reliable gold. Now towers give less bounty except tier fours. So again, more value in kills relative to towers. You get even more gold for stacking camps. So like the the economy has kind of shifted in a direction where aggressive kill play has inherently more value than playing for towers slash uh, just lane creeps. Um, on top of that, the mid lane creep camp has been changed from medium to small. So that means that the mid laners that were dominant, like Kunkka, who could just push out the wave and then form a medium camp, now they push out the wave and farm a small camp, which is a lot worse. But for some heroes, it's nice, like Alchemist. I could foresee getting a bit of a bump here because, you know, he's really good at farming small camps for a lot of gold relative to other heroes. He gets more out of them. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll see. Then there's a lot of map changes. Not going to go into details about this. You now can't lose your outpost until you lose a tier two tower. Interesting change. We'll see how that goes. Senator, can you uh, hold on? You skipped a uh -huh. very important note. What was that? The ancient prowler. Oh yeah, they removed the prowlers. Can we talk about this for a moment? Yeah. So people people were complaining that they were stupid themselves, not the prowlers. And uh -huh. Ice was like, "I will help you being stupid. So I will remove what makes you stupid." Okay. And then he took. I. Them Am I the only one? Okay. I thought the units were annoying. Okay. But why delete them and not just redo their skills? I don't understand. I like the variety of neutral camps. Like yeah. that's like we're still missing the just put in the fucking evasion creeps from Dota One. Yeah, put in the jungle stalkers or the dragonkin from Dota One. Yeah, I don't know. No like idea. What, what's the point of just removing instead of reworking? Is it possible they rework them and then put them? In? I mean, it's a fucking neutral. It's not a it's hero. Awesome. <laughs> they don't, yeah, don't need I don't to know. overthink this. I thought that was weird that he just deleted it. You know? Yeah. I don't know. All right. That that's my but one yeah, it's contribution. True. It's true. It really it it does stand out. It is true. It kind of just gets one line. There's like no justification. <laughs> Remove Prowler Camp. <laughs> I I didn't like them that day, so I removed Prowler, Prowler Camp. Camp. Now, what's happening with um, artifacts, Cinder? And that 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 Prowler is a hero in Artifact. Does he exist in Artifact but not in Dota? Now? Is that what's the oh, lore implication? I don't understand. That's very unimportant. Farvon the Dreamer, Cinderin. Just remember yeah. his name. He is dreaming of coming back to Dota. One that's day. why he's a dreamer. So talk to me about um, these outposts, though. You mentioned yeah. what they changed. So you can't take them over until a tier two. So essentially, you're not going to see the shenanigans right at the beginning of the game where each team just yeah. switches the outposts, essentially. Which was kind of dumb. And what are the implications uh, for like just general gameplay going forward past that early stage, like the 10-minute um, mark? You have, you have more control of your own jungle, basically, right? Like the thing, what usually happened in the games was that when you take the enemy safe lane tower you would have access to their outpost and go and take that and get more control in their jungle. Now that you need to take it to your two tower, 
it's a lot easier for the defending team to hold on to that outpost because it can't get taken until tier two. And once the enemy team starts pushing the tier two tower, you have a really interesting access point where you can backstab from, right? You will have mm -hmm. that. You will have more vision in the area for free. Um, so it really helps defend your own jungle, which I kind of like as an idea, just because when you think of Dota the last, I want to say two or three years, it feels like the safe lane tower falls and you lose your own jungle and you play in the enemy team's jungle. And it's a bit counterintuitive, right? That the map works that way, where it's called defense of the ancients, but you're kind of, not that the towers are ancients, but you get the idea. Like it, Your own side of the map kind of gets lost so fast. It's kind of weird, right? Hmm. Um, and I think this will be a step to helping that. Um, unfortunately, they didn't do what I was hoping, which was removing the experience factor. I think, honestly, that would be nice. Just <clears throat> yeah, take I, it out. We discussed it. I, th I thought they were actually going to do that. I was pretty convinced. Yeah, but I was hoping they would just remove the XP. But now that you keep it until Tier 2, the experience indirectly doesn't matter because both teams are bound to have it on minute 10 unless something really crazy happens where you lose a tier mm. two so it's just and a free boost for both teams essentially basically it's an xp boost which this... by design i don't really like that much because i feel like if you need that xp boost then change the way people get xp so that they get it organically well it anyway, does create a right? quote-unquote cool scenario where you hardcore push really early with a certain lineup to get one tower and then you can take over their outpost and they yeah. can't take over yours what lineup can take a tier two tower minute 10 this patch now though that mm. is the towers have been buffed a lot minute 10 is maybe really this was early. maybe this was more for my bracket cinder <laughs> well even it's possible i don't know it's possible tier two towers are strong man you press the glyph button and you defend minute 10 like that's it you don't really need to do much else than that. But if in your bracket people are misclicking and pressing glyph when they want to use their voice button, then it would be on cooldown. And then, God, yeah, then they how low do you think I am, Sindarin? How low? Very low. Can you go? Continue. Uh, what else? Uh, I guess I'll skip over a lot of stuff. There's well, some armor formula, creeps, which is isn't that not isn't that a huge change? The hero aggro. Oh, true. Yeah, where was that in this? It's right under the outpost. Oh, there it is. Yeah. So now you can't aggro lane creeps unless they're 1,550 range, very exact number, within their Tier 1 tower, or the Siege Creeps have spawned at 5 minutes. So this is to... They they felt like this creep cutting in the offlane had become too stupid, I guess, where players would just go between Tier 1 and Tier 2 tower, or even behind the Tier 2 tower, with Axe or Timber or Batrider, uh, and not have to lane. So effectively just breaking down the laning into non-laning. Um, mm -hmm. And this way, you need to. You can still do it because 1550 range of the tier one tower is still where you can pull the wave away to your own side, but it allows for the enemy to be a lot more ready because your angle of pulling is re reduced to one spot, basically. Whereas before, you can pull it behind tier one, tier two, behind tier two. Uh, and when I say behind, be between tier one and tier two, there was two spots, and now you only have one spot. So uh, definitely limiting the way you do it so you can defend it better. Um, it will be interesting to see how that impacts games. Finally, uh, for pubs, you now have a different way of all pick. Now you pick 2-2-1 two, two, instead of 1-1-1-1-1. One, 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 one. You have a bit more time to pick um, in each individual round. And then for pro Dota, captain's mode, this is really big. Yeah. The bands are going from 414, so a total of six bands, to 232, which is a total four, of one, seven one. bands, but only. What's that? You said 414. 411 was the original. Oh, yeah, 411, which is a total of six, to 232, total of seven. 
but the biggest it's hard to say which phase is actually the biggest of these three now because you have two bands in phase one so a lot more strategies that teams have will surface and a lot more strong meta heroes get through but then you have three bands in the second phase so that you can really adjust strategies and i think there's a potential for this new drafting order or drafting priority to be really difficult to balance just because let's say let's say there's five heroes in dota that are broken and i I don't really believe in heroes just being flat out broken but let's say there are heroes in the patch that are really good and have few counters you can pick them and actually ban out the whole counter set Mm. let's say what's holding you back from picking timber saw is that oh the enemy team is going to pick like bat rider or they're going to pick od or like whatever it is right like i'm just talking from memory or ursa even ursa isn't that bad but let's say ursa too let's say that that's the example (laughs) you'd last pick timber in phase one and you ban all the counters and there are a lot of heroes in dota that are like inherently extremely powerful when a subset of heroes are unavailable uh timber being a great example of it so I think being first pick right now must be so strong the way I see it because they get to end the first phase and then ban three counters. Uh, but let's see how it develops. I could foresee first pick having a really high win rate. That's Well, my, before you've actually seen thought, it, but hard to do see. you think yeah. you're going to like it more than 411? I thought 411 was really cool. I didn't really get to cast um, as much as the kind of the other patches because they've changed it so many freaking times over the years. Which I, I think... I haven't minded any of the systems we've had for Captain's Mode, to be honest, but I think the biggest weakness of 411 is how similar the phases get across games, right? There's so many of the same bans every game, and then after that, because you have so limited options for banning, the meta gets very defined, right? It's harder to counter specific things in the game when you only have one ban instead of the new system where you have a lot of ways of solving it, right? Um, So... I don't know. It's my initial thought. I think it could be awesome. If the heroes are balanced really well, this is an awesome format um, because it allows for a lot more creativity when you have more bands, I think. Um, You could say you could be more creative with more picks than bands, but the thing is, from my perspective, a lot of heroes suddenly become more appealing when there's more bands, right? Rather than the other way around. I don't know if I explained that well, if you know what I mean. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Bless you. Oh. Yeah, pollen season is still upon us, but it's getting better. I'm actually getting allergies myself. I oh, haven't left the great. house in months, so it's kind of weird. Yeah. You're getting allergic to sunlight. I don't get sunlight, though. There you go. Maybe you got hit by a beam in your sleep. LED light, maybe. That would make sense, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much it. There's a couple of other things about Captain's Mode. Lower times, the pick order, um, and... Do you, did you skip the towers, by the way? That they attack faster now, but do less and damage? And deal less damage? I did skip that. I'm not really sure what I think about it. Like, What's, how do you much know what that's the reason matter? is? Like, why? I'm not saying I don't like it, because it's, it's interesting to try mm-hmm. new things. Because that's one thing that has literally, I don't think, ever changed, that I can remember, at least. Uh, like, being able to last hit... Creeps under the tower has felt the same yeah. for I can't even tell you how long. Maybe even that's Dota true. War. Everybody has to relearn. Which relearn I like that. CSing I like relearning stuff occasionally, like especially when it's like if they're attacking faster in theory. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, what does that change in the laning phase? Just from I don't, I don't really know what the goal of this is. That's what, if yeah, it is to. I don't know 
if it is to reduce how much attack speed slows do on the tower relatively, like their DPS is the same, but if you come with attack speed slows like liquid fire, the tower will now be attacking a little bit faster for less damage, but in some cases that will kill the creep waves easier. Um, I know what the reason is. When you glyph, do you? Yes. This is a patch that's preparing us for Sorlacon. She will affect towers in some way. And Ice Frog knew that he needed to put in some hints, right? Little hints that only big brain people can deal with here, Cinderin. Mm. If you implement Sorlacon and not have these changes, she'd be too broken. No way to, to nerf her, okay? You have to okay. change the way that towers work because Sorlacon is going to take over. It sounds like a great hero design. A hero that enters the game and has to break one of the core concept to work. That um, sounds... I love it. Absolutely yes, you great. would. You would. Speaking of things you love... <clears throat> um, yes. We've proposed different changes to the fountain. And oh, it has ended up oh. getting Fury Swipes, dealing oh. three more damage per hit. I don't remember where we ended up with what we agreed on the most. I like the break suggestion Yes, that you had. Um, yes. I didn't like multi-shot, but I was okay with Fury Swipes. I think that was how we ended up. Yes, and, and I we get the Fury Swipes. was fine with all of it. My least favorite I had to choose was actually Fury Swipes. But hey, I'll take anything I can get. Cinder gets every fucking thing he suggests into the game. I'll take some... Like, I'll take my literal <laughs> garbage, which is Fury Swipes, which was the last thing on my list that I wanted. I'll take it. Because but you got something. You got it, something. I won't like It's a very small something, Cinder, and you can still t- <laughs> fountain dive, and it's not noticeable. This will get buffed 100%. It needs break, though. You really needs break, please. Just make it 10 damage instead of 3. Well, it's, it's gonna, you know what's going to happen, right? Every patch is going to be like, all right, went from 3 to 4. Four to five. <laughs> Eventually, it's going to be ten. So just go to ten right off the bat and put in the break. We'll call it. And multi shot, I think, is necessary for stupid heroes with illusions. Okay, I hate it. It's a good baby step. This is a baby step. Don't get me wrong. I'm very happy, but it's a it's good a baby job, step. Good job, Ice Frog. I'm very proud of you. I'm very but proud. You of can you. do better. <laughs> I understand that the ple- <clears throat> the ple- plebeians cannot handle. All the changes at once. I saw, I'm sure he has all these patches lined up for months to come. Not only Sorlacon, but the fountain buffs as well. Just yeah. skip the year. Skip the two years that you're going to be buffing this shit over and over. Okay, Shannon. Now, yes. let's get to, quickly, a couple highlight item changes. Okay? Just very fast. Okay. Blade Mail is totally reworked. Oh, well, totally. It still has the active component, but it no longer uses Robe of the Magi, but uses a recipe instead. So it has no int. Mm-hmm. Now it only gives damage and armor. And now it has a passive component that returns 20 plus 20% of the attack damage. Yes. And now the active return is from 100% to 80. So when you activate it, instead of returning 100%, now it returns 100% plus 20. But passively, it always returns as well. And there was a bug when this came out that blade mail stacked. So there's clips on Reddit of people getting literally one shot by hitting someone that has blade mail on, which is great. Five um, blade mail. That's obviously done. Yes. Uh, new items. Wait, hold small on. Components. Am I not allowed to talk about some of these item changes, Cinderin? No. Blade mail. Okay. I like the idea of this. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and I know no one's going to give a shit about new players. It is, is not intuitive that it has to be an auto attack. It's it's literally return, the old return from Centaur, right? 
Mm-hmm. Why not just reflect all damage and just make it a smaller percentage? What doesn't that just make it easier for everybody? Re- returns ten percent of damage passively. Active ninety percent. Why not just do but, that? Why why make it so? Just to make sure we're on the same page here, the way Blade Mill works is it redu- it returns 20% of attack damage, but when you activate it, it returns 80% of all damage. Yes. Good. Okay, so we agree. Yeah. I'm think I think that that is weird that it's so different between the two. You know what I mean? It's not intuitive. I don't I feel that like That is true. I over agree. the course of the last couple of years, it's been very evident that Ice Frog and company are trying to make things easier in a lot of ways, but then they put something like this in, which is again, I think it's it's not like it's cu- I don't know how to explain this. They, they've reverted things so many times. I've gone back and forth and back and forth. It's, it's too much, man. My brain, it can't handle this many changes, Cinderin. I Honestly, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know why the active return damage isn't just 100% and then the other component fades away while it's activated. Like, why isn't that fine? Oh, I see what you're saying. So Did they, you just say, when Blade Mail is activated, it returns 100% of all damage taken for four seconds or whatever. Like, that's it. That's, wouldn't, wouldn't that be fine? And then you can have a passive component that only returns attack damage. And then when you activate it, it returns all damage. That's really easy to understand. Wait, what's the difference? What are you saying? You're saying you want to disable the passive. Now when you activate it, it it returns 80% of all damage plus 20% of attack damage plus 20. Right, right, right. Right? Which is way more complicated. Um, But... Yeah, I don't. I don't know what I think about this change yet. I haven't played with the item, um, but I mean, overall, like, I like the idea of the item. I just think they could have made yeah. it a little simpler. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Um, okay, let's try to move along. Blitz so knuckles. Have, yep, new item. Very uninteresting. Thousand gold cost gives thirty five attack speed, but it's nice to have an item like that. And it basically looks like hyperstone tied to. A wristband or something like that. Um, <laughs> it, it has been, I guess, it's been put in the game to give them more creativity, uh, creativity, creativity with how to uh, build the higher tier items. So now it replaces quarter staffs and monkey king bar, and yeah. MKB now has more attack speed and less damage. And then further down, we have another item being introduced called the, 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 the Voodoo Mask, yes. which gives spell life steal, and now goes into Octarine Core um, as a spell lifesteal component. So they felt like, I think it makes sense, right? You have a core concept in the game that one item has, but there's no buildup into it, right? They probably thought that was weird. It's like having nothing have status resistance until you finish Sanjin Yasha, and then that suddenly has 20% status resistance. Like, that would also feel a bit weird, right? Usually, no, items like are yeah. built out of the components that they have. Do you so, think it... There have been a lot of posts about Bristleback being able to buy this, and this is old level 25 talent. Uh, or actually, what is his current one? I don't remember, but I think they nerfed it a bit. Either way, 12% spell lifesteal for a hero like that is pretty ridiculous for 900 gold. For one slot? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea... Is it just me? I don't know why I get bothered by the stupidest thing. It, the icons are not finished. They don't look finished at all. Is it just me? <laughs> they look super basic, and maybe they're just putting them in to see if people like them, and then they end up finishing the art, or maybe these are actually finalized I art, and I'm crazy. Like, when I compare these to other items, I don't think they're much worse, are they? Yeah. Like, maybe... So, something I can see here when I compare them to other items, I think what might catch your eye is that there's no glow. Right. If you look at all other items that I see on this page right now, there's some sort of 
glow in the background, right? Whether it's radiating from the item or the background is a bit colored. Like if you look at Soul Booster, Bloodstone, Octarine Core, Sanj, yeah. Kaya, all of it has like a colored, what's that called? It's a glow. Like a, a border. It has a colored border, right? Around it in the background. Everything mm-hmm. has that. Buckler MKB does though. not. Buckler, Ring of Protection, Sage Mask. So there's some items that don't, but I don't know. Maybe you just feel like for the type of item that it is, it should have a little bit more of a color or glow in the background, and that's what it is? Or is it the item itself? Because I don't think they look that bad. They look like I'm okay garbage. Uh, I do okay. want to talk about well, Silver Edge, Cinderin. It now requires mm-hmm. Echo Saber. That's really cool. Of course, yep. that way makes it more interesting. It only really works on <clears throat> melee heroes, though. So is this a test for potentially changing Echo Saber to work on ranged heroes? Don't know. I don't know how broken that would be. Put it on... Uh, it probably wouldn't stack on Weaver, though, would it? They'd both go off at the same time. But Does Machine Gun Weaver? <laughs> you could backpack it and time it so it works that way. That would be cool. Anyway, <laughs> uh, any other items that you think are worthy of mentioning? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of changes that were a long time coming, right? Satanic got nerfed by 500 gold, which is really big. <laughs> it just got a 500 recipe on top of it, should be mentioned. Battle Fury got buffed a little bit, I would say. It uses Claymore instead of Hammer, so it's cheaper. <sighs> God, I... uh, but then Can the we damage stop got changing the, the recipe for Battle Fury, please? How many different... You've used every item in the game to create Battle Fury <laughs> at some point throughout Dota history. Please, just stick with one. Change the price, that's fine. Stop changing the fucking recipe every goddamn patch. Jesus, sick of it. I'm willing to go It's actually true. I wonder wonder how many versions of Battle Fury we've had in Dota 2. I I haven't looked, but I would not be surprised if it's literal double digits. That's insane. Double digit times. And how many items have not changed recipes? There's so many (laughs) that have never changed. (laughs) It's it's pretty funny. The best change ever Um, to Battle Fury was adding Quelling Blade as part of it. That was the coolest thing they've ever done. The rest... Who gives a shit? It all melds into one. Um, yeah. Do you want to mention Holy Locket, Cinderin? Uh, you can cast uh, yeah, it. Yeah, now you can on... cast it on an ally, which is actually really interesting. How how good is that? Tell me. It doesn't sound that good. It sounds very. It's a pretty big heal on someone. This is good. It's remind good, me man. what it's... Holy Locket does. <laughs> it's one so, plus what? <laughs> uh, I don't remember the exact buildup. I never buy this item, but I know basically it has X number of charges, right? That you could use on yourself to restore health and mana, mm-hmm. which could be good on especially IO because then you also heal the target. But now you have the choice of putting it on someone else, and obviously it, incre- it increases healing. You do. I don't know if you only have a locket, how much a fully charged locket would heal an ally, but it's a few hundred at least. So it's like an extra nice heal. Um, I, I think this. This could make it an item, actually. Just this, because now it's not limited to just self-use, which basically okay. made only IO purchase it, right? Because that was the only hero that could heal someone else with it. I've seen this in one self-using. game, and it was on a Necro, and they got shit on. Might not be related to the hero, or the item itself, but never seen it, Cinderin. I, I think that. it could be interesting, but we'll okay. see. It might still be bad. Um, I guess what else should get an honorable mention? Uh... I think just as a package, I would like to mention Smoke, Sentry, and Tome. Because again, it gets cheaper to be support. Uh, Smoke now costs 50 instead of 80 gold, which is a really big change. And Tome of Knowledge has been halved from 150 to 75. Yeah. So really, really good news for mainly the supports. It's obviously not only supports buying Smoke and Tome, but for the most part. 
And then the sentry wards replenish cooldown has been reduced by five. So you have a bit more sentries from 90 to 85. Yeah. Also, Apart from that, small item changes. So they, they the obviously board. buffed Scotty again with the heal <coughs> reduction, going from 35% to 40%. Yeah. But Shiva's, the aura, I thought the first time I read this, I thought it meant the active, but the aura applies a 25% heal reduction in the area as well. So yeah. anything. That's actually big. That's true. I should mention that. There's some anything freezing related, apparently. Stops healing, Cinderin. This is the theme. Yeah, except Cold Embrace, which heals. Items. Freezing mm. items. Are there any other frozen items that you can think of? Is there a, a f hand of frost coming soon? Yeah, probably. Okay. You guys, you'll see. And it will stop you from healing, I've heard. Stop you from healing? Yeah, everyone in the game stops healing. Oh, it's a global. Um, Good. Yeah, it has a. It's it's like the old void ulti that stunned the whole map except yourself. That's a long time. The ago. The old I. That's before my time. Yeah, it's in Dota One. I think void. I think it was void that had an ulti that literally stunned the whole map except himself. Okay. Including allies, everybody just. It's like you chronoed everyone. The current version of chrono just on the map. That's what it was. Anyway. Um, Lincoln's also got reduced by 300. I feel like that deserves a mention. That's a pretty big change when an item gets that low, that uh, big of a cost reduction. So I think we're going to see that item more. Um, and yeah, the rest of the stuff is... Pirate Hat no longer steals gold on kills, but can be activated every 40 seconds for a bounty rune with a 100% success rate. So the wording on this, Cinderin, 100% success rate. Does this mean... That there will be something introduced in the game that will reduce percentage of the... Okay, I'm just making that shit up. But uh, good to see some changes to the Tier 5, Cinderin. Really excited to see yeah, those Yeah, it, it impacts me so much. I have still not played a game with them. Uh, I can't wait to see this new pirate hat. I can't believe that you uh, haven't... Oh, man. Ah, that's good stuff. Okay. Uh, it's good for Pog, at the very least, because... Before, like I said, Moonshard was just better than Pirate Hat. Now, it's only marginally better. So next thing on the list, Cinderin, is Artifact. Yes. 2.0. So similar to last week, it's going to be a very quick segment. Um, they did the green hero surveys, as we talked about. So now black heroes will be the ones that people need to rate, which I'm very excited to do myself. But the results yep. from the green heroes... The heroes that apparently everyone hates, and I will fully agree with this, Dragon Knight and Dazzle. Wait, were those the only two? And there's honorable mention of Tree, but they think he's strong, so he's fine. But yeah, Dragon Knight, Dazzle, which I would agree are the two worst green heroes by far. So looking forward to reworks. First time I saw Dragon Knight sooner, I was very excited. And then I realized he's literal hot garbage. So never picked him again <laughs> after that. Okay. So... That is the artifact segment for this. <laughs> Just a very, very short one. Uh, a couple other stories that we can kind of just bullshit around. Cinderin, Dr. Disrespect. He was permanently banned from Twitch. And they refunded all his subs instantly, which to my knowledge has never happened before. And if you watch the last few minutes of his last stream before he was banned, it was very weird, everything that went down. 
There's a lot of theories. There's a lot of, I don't, apparently a bunch of people know, but they, they say they don't want to say anything because it's not right, which makes it seem like it is a major issue. Then there's a certain segment of people that think it's a PR move that he is, I think there, <laughs> there was a rumor that he was starting a live streaming service, which I think has been debunked at this point. Uh, which again, I, I can't think of any scenario other than hardcore legal issues that would get him permanently banned from Twitch. Uh, okay, let me let, let's let's start one step one step okay. further back. Yes. How is it ever a PR move to get permanently banned? How is that good? I you like, need to in, think outside it, the box here, Cinderin. In what world is that good? So, well, I'm not saying that he got permanently banned on purpose. Okay, let's say he is creating his own live stream service, which, again, has been debunked, I believe. But let's just assume that was the case. This Uh would be the most amazing PR move ever, even if it was unintentional. Why? Because, number one, it makes sense why they would ban him for that. Because that's clearly Uh against TOS. Uh, You're building an actual competitor to Twitch. But him getting banned would help him, PR-wise, to start the new service. Twitch would actually be helping him there, even though, again, that's not what why? happened as far as, what do you mean why? Any publicity, Cinder, that's, think of better, any better publicity than that. More eyes on you, getting permanently banned from Twitch, refunding all your subs. Never been done um, before. You don't think that's something that could help launch a new product I, in I, theory? I don't know if that would be a net positive for you. That's what I'm saying. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I agree. Like I know it's got it'll get people talking, but is it gonna in the end give you more subs and more viewers than if you didn't get banned and just announced it? I don't know. I feel like you know that that saying that you just referenced, right? Any publicity is good publicity or better than none or whatever it is. I don't. I know. I always say that one fucking wrong. Um, Any publicity is, is good publicity. That's right. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Okay. Um, There's no such thing as bad publicity. I don't think that's the one. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> that's just not true. Uh, I, I feel like getting permanently banned on a platform is a pretty bad look. Like, so his, I, I don't, I some don't know, of his man. partner, uh, some of his sponsors actually removed them, him from like their banners, but then a day yeah, later they all put him back. Yeah, okay. Um, so Man, I don't know. Like may, Maybe there's something here that I'm missing where you could... Like, think about it. I'm trying to think about it from the perspective of fans and from the perspective of casual viewers that watch him once in a while and people that have never watched him before. If he would come out on the other side on a new platform, how big a percentage of his fans does he retain? How big a percentage of the casual viewers does he retain? And how many new viewers does he get because of this drama? I'm just... It's a total guessing game. I just feel like thinking of this as a PR move is... I think it's pretty far-fetched. Right, hold people on, are just hold looking on. for something to believe hold in. On. Oh, I agree. I don't believe... Again, do I need to reiterate this again, Sinner? I don't believe this is what happened. I'm just saying, theoretically, I do believe that if he had a choice, I think it would... Yes, this would help him. Okay. Inevitably. If he was launching like a new product. I think this would help him a lot. If he wasn't going to use Twitch anymore anyway. That's what I'm saying. Like, If he's already jumping ship, mm-hmm. this helps him for sure. But okay. all intents and purposes, I, I don't know. Every fiber of my being is it feels like it's something really bad. So we yeah. won't speculate, but 
I don't. If you guys watched his like last few minutes of his stream, it was weird. It was really weird. Okay, there's one perspective we didn't take. Think about it from Twitch's perspective. How do they look if they perma ban a streamer as part of a PR move? What what kind of a look is that for Twitch? What do you mean part of the PR? You're saying Twitch is in on it in that case? I mean, what else? How do you PR this from Dr. Disrespect's perspective? You do something really fucking stupid to get permabanned <laughs> on purpose? Is that what you're saying? No. no Twitch I'm saying... would permaban you for a reason, so you need to give them a reason, right? Right. I'm saying... So he it's... needs to deliberately get permabanned by being an absolute asshole. Permabans on Twitch are pretty... Like, that's a big thing when it's... you're that big of a streamer. I agree. Okay, again, this is conspiracy theory shit. I don't believe any of this. I'm just hypothetically because you're asking me how that would help or how that would even come to be so think about it from twitch's perspective you are dr disrespect who's one of the biggest streamers Uh in the entire world and let's say you're creating your own streaming platform that will directly compete with twitch and you're contacting twitch partners to try to get them to jump ship you don't think that Mm -hmm. possibly they could come down with the ban hammer that hard because i think that is possible because that's kind of unprecedented it's not like mixer mixer is microsoft or was sure this, I think that's complete. I think it's a little different. It's more intimate this way, you know. Okay, so th- if that's what we think the permaban is for, then I can follow that. Yeah, then I, I don't think that. I, I get it. Again, I don't think that, Cinder. No, 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 no. But with that line of thought, I mean, this is all hypothetical. We don't fucking know, right? But with right. with that line of thought, if that's what the permaban is for, then yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we'll 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 find out. I'm sure. I'm actually shocked. It's been like three or four days. I'm shocked. That this hasn't leaked, whatever the hell it is. Um, but hopefully it's nothing like I I I I don't know. It's probably legal. Something with legal. Um no clue. No clue though. Uh last thing before we get to the Patreon mailbag. Uh <laughs> I feel like th- there's a point where this is just not about politics anymore, Cinderin. Uh mm-hmm. so Donald Trump apparently has been suspended from Twitch for I don't know what specifically, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Uh, I didn't even know he had a Twitch channel, to be honest, for doing something stupid, which wouldn't be the first time. Uh, he was recently, I think he retweeted something relating to white power, but we looked into it a little bit more, and the Twitch ban didn't have anything to do with that. It had to do with specifically the Twitch stream, as far as I know. Yeah, um, so and- Twitch banned the president's stream for hateful conduct. So it was on-stream right. activity, something that was said or done. <laughs> I have not seen what it was, the clip of it, but uh, it was from it was from hateful conduct, basically. Right. Uh, which they... See, the thing about this is that... It's a bit... It's interesting, right? Because there's a lot of complaints, and of course that's what everybody gets drawn to. Every time somebody gets banned on Twitch... The mob is like, why not Alinity? Why is Alinity not getting banned? Like, that's the number one constant in the universe is if something happens on Twitch, somebody's going to bring up Alinity and why did she not get banned, right? And this is no exception to that. Uh, but the fact that Twitch bans Trump's stream, at least, like, from from a PR perspective for Twitch, it shows that they're willing to ban even, like, Banning the president's stream is, you know, it's quite a power move. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who runs the stream. I don't know if he has anything to do with it whatsoever. Like, it's obviously not him running it. That would be really weird. Um, but I don't know he's if he's even been told. To do Maybe he doesn't even yeah. know. Uh, it's probably just somebody from his team running it to get more, uh, just get more attention to his causes and his yeah. opinions and stuff and shit. Um, but 
I will say I'm pretty surprised, actually. Really? Uh, but maybe it went so far that it's beyond anything the big streamers have done where they would get suspended. Um, uh, don't know. Yeah, but I don't know specific. I, I would say I'm not surprised because the snowball has already started. The dominoes, if you will, have already started falling. Twitter has been removing some of his posts. Facebook, mm-hmm. who didn't remove their posts, has been or has done it recently, I believe, after a lot of backlash. So I think more backlash comes if you don't do something at this point. And Twitch, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that they didn't do in the past that they probably should have, and I think they're starting to do that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least all indications are that is the fa- that is the case. In addition, not, I mean, it, I guess it's kind of related. Reddit has banned the Donald, which is a really the shitty biggest subreddit. Donald Trump supporting subreddit. Right. It, it's something. It is. It sure yeah, is something. Not really sure what it is anymore. Or they was were banned the before, end. and I don't remember what happened to get unbanned. But now they're banned again. So I don't know. I didn't really look into this one too much, but figured we'd mention it considering uh, the Twitch channel being Trumps and all. Anywho, uh, <laughs> if you want to keep up to date on Trump news, guys, be sure to tune into this podcast every week. Yeah, we do a great political commentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We say if something's good or not good. So Patreon mailbag for today, Cinderin, comes from Essex, who asks, I have a question for consideration on the next podcast episode, Suns Fan and Cinderin. For each of you, if you could completely rework a hero, why? who would it be and why? Finally, an easy question. Finally. Techies. Uh, do it's you want to go out. first? Mine may be more interesting than yours if you're just going to say techies. It's probably fucking lion. No, it's not Lion. I would I delete like him. I big monotrain. I can't move and I can't cast my spells. That sounds terrifying. That voice is so terrifying. Thank you. Oh, my God. Okay, channel that for voice acting that I'll have you do in the future for some character that is evil and a child. What's your hero and why is it Techies? Okay, so let's let's do two things here, okay? First, I'll explain techies, and then I will try to think of another hero, because you said it was a cop-out, and it's the easy answer. But okay, fair enough. Short version on techies. It would obviously be my number one, and the reason is that the net happiness he brings to the game compared to every other hero is negative. There are more people that are frustrated and annoyed when the hero's in the game than when it, when, and on any other hero. Yeah. Uh, and it's both Very his cool. own team and it's the enemies. It changes the game. It becomes more especially in a public setting it becomes like it becomes a minefield instead of you know normal normal dota it's just like conceptually i dislike it mm-hmm. uh and the way i would rework it uh would be to focus less on mining and more on fighting so for example i thought uh blast off was a great direction because it gives him a fighting spell before it was suicide squad attack which would literally kill yourself to deal damage now it has a silence you can stay alive you can itemize for it. Uh, we need more in that direction and less mines. Um, yeah, I I don't like a mining hero in Dota. I don't feel like it belongs. And a side I, benefit of getting rid of the mines is Slacks will probably just stop playing Dota entirely. So that saves yeah, us a lot that's great. of energy. I think Windrunner, Windrunner should get proximity mines as a skill. <laughs> so he has to play it as oh, punishment. Oh, man. What a great synergy. You know, you shackle okay. somebody, you put down the mine. Mm. so if i had to choose a second hero oh well you do yours first and then i'll choose a second one okay i I feel like i've talked about this before so can you guess who it is it's not lion 
Does anything come to mind? If not, then maybe we haven't. I feel like we've definitely discussed it, though. Brood? Yeah. No. Do I care about Tinker? Brood? No. Arc Warden. It's Legion Commander, Cinderin. What? I know it sounds weird. Oh, you just I'm... want to rework her model to be on a horse and be a guy. That's part of it, but that's not the big part of it, okay? It's oh, not about yeah. being... It could be a, a chick. It doesn't matter, but the chick needs to have a thick mustache, and she be, needs to be riding a an obese horse. But again, that's just okay. cosmetic, Cinder. That's for the persona mm-hmm. next year, Valve. Uh, you can give me a 1% cut. I have a problem with this hero as a whole because... In my opinion, the coolest, one of the coolest mechanics in the game is this duel mechanic where mm-hmm. you're fighting against somebody, you're forcing the fight, you gain permanent damage. I think that's so fucking cool. The issue with her is that she's awkward to play. And the reason she's awkward to play, and this translates to both uh, competitive and casual, is her quote unquote best spell, which is press the attack. So. Mm-hmm. The reason, the number one reason she's picked competitively is because of press the attack. It takes, it's a hard dispel, right? Yeah. This is literally the reason people pick this hero. I want the hero to be picked for duel. Like building around that concept more than press the attack is going to be cooler for me from a playing perspective. Because when you're playing, imagine, I mean, you don't need to imagine. This happens every fucking time. You have to decide what how you want to initiate. You get a blink dagger or a Lothars or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. You go into the tree line, you press the attack yourself, and then you blink, and then you duel, but you have to blade mail first. There's too many fucking things to do, okay? Press okay. the attack needs to be remade. and Like, you can take press the attack. It's I'm not saying it's not a good skill. That's the thing that people keep thinking I'm saying. It's a good skill. I just don't want it on this hero. Build another hero with press the attack. Give me something for Elsie. So you I want Elsie to be a carry? Yes, Please okay. give me carry LC every day. Uh, I mean, I agree to an extent, but I think I think the problem here is from a competitive standpoint, a skill like dual will always be worse the better the teams are, right? You know what I mean? Because there's way less stupid out of position mistakes where one player will just get free kills. Mm. And yeah, in Pro Dota, the hero is built clearly more around the other spells, but that's because people don't fuck up all the time and feed dual kills. Like... Duel so, does not become massively impactful in the game before Legion has a lot of damage. And in most games, it just doesn't happen. I so would either argue, you buff it so it gives insane damage, which would be a problem, I think, or mm, you have to rework the hero if you want that to be the main aspect. I would argue I don't care about the competitive scene, Cinderin. I want this to be a pub okay, stomp fun hero. Fuck competitive. <laughs> hey, there's some heroes in the past that... I mean, Pudge is not a competitive hero for most of... Yeah. Most history of Dota, he's not a competitive hero. He's very yeah, fun to play. It really is a shame that he keeps getting nerfed. Because it is a shame. But at the same really time... He's a really fucking fun hero. At I least he's fun it. in pubs. You can play it in pubs. Nobody's stopping him. He's not him. fun in pubs. He sucks. Well, at your level. But you're the yes. 1%, Cinder. And we shouldn't cater to the 1%. Haven't you heard anything on the news cater lately? Cater to me. Okay? I deserve it. Everyone else needs have, to I have the, the arcana that I didn't buy myself. Cater to me. What about the persona? Hmm? <laughs> Persona to the come. Persona? Yes. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe they maybe they buff him. Maybe they make Hook be out of wool or something. Really good. Yes, that's the I mean the It'll buff they surely I've bring already, back the hero. Just copy Heroes of New Earth. You can move after you hook, and then the hook follows you. Like it, it oh, can grab people. That that's would be really fucking good. It's good. It was good in Han, let me tell you. Yeah. So anyway, like I, I understand, that. like this is a selfish I'm not saying this is good for the competitive scene. I'm not saying I 
I would have more fun playing Elsie because in theory, she's on paper, she's the most fun hero for me. Right. But she's not fun because she's clunky. Okay. So I don't like that. Fair enough. I mean, plenty of people have bad opinions, so you're not the first. Um, Thank you. Okay, who do you think mine is if it's not Techies? I think you can maybe guess it Arc first Warden? try. Arc Warden? No. You could not guess it first try. Io. No. Um, Come okay. on. Give me, the, give me the attribute. Agility. Agility. Who do you hate? It's not... If you say brood, it doesn't count. Uh, why not? Because you mentioned brood already. Why, it is why brood, does that it? not count? Yes, of course. I it is brood. And the reason me. I would want brood reworked is... How to explain it? The hero is too polarizing. I think it's the best way to explain it. It has games where it's completely broken, where it has no counters. And then in the games that it has counters, it just feels pretty shit most of the time, right? It's it's mm. for a long time in Dota. It, th there's been some phases of Dota for like a month or two where Brood has been able to be picked not as last pick or not as like overall eighth pick or whatever. But for the most part, Brood has been just this haha you weren't ready for brood pick and it's not very interesting especially in pubs where like fuck i got brooded i now have five percent chance of winning this game because mm -hmm. it got picked into zero counters and apart from that largely in 90 percent of games nobody wants to put their finger on it that that to me is not it's not interesting design when the hero is that much all or nothing i think it's great design that heroes are good sometimes and bad other times which is the case for a lot of dota heroes and that's i love that I love that every hero can be broken, and I love that every hero can be shit in the right situation. But Brood is just, it's too much on one side of that spectrum. It's like all the way to the either completely busted or complete shit. Okay, if you're going with that line of thought, I have a hero. Uh huh. And maybe it's not Legion as big Commander. of a problem. <laughs> maybe it's not as big of a problem at your level. But you mentioned Brood. I, don't, I rarely see Brood. Mm. Nobody can play Brood at my level, Cinderin. Yeah. But Phantom Lancer is the most fucking annoying hero. If you don't have the right he's heroes, pretty, to deal he's with pretty him. annoying too. He is I mean, I would very annoying. But but it's not even close to brood, right? And because like there's way more, there's more ways of dealing with PL. I I could see that in essence, there's a lot of similarities. Like if PL gets last picked and you don't have AOE, but even then you can win the lane against PL and you can pressure the map and win. If brood is uncountered, it will trash its lane alone. It will take the towers alone and it will own 70% of the map after 10 minutes. And that's just something that PL can never do. Even in the perfect PL game, he needs to farm. I don't disagree. Dominate, the only so. thing I'm going to say is I but see yeah, a lot of PL and I don't see a lot of brood, which is why yep. I bring that. That is, so. I mean, that's, that's true. That's because PL is good a lot more of the time than brood. <laughs> but when brood is good, it's dumb. We had a cast a few days ago with Secret versus Viking and Secret last pick brood. And I was just like, GG. Okay. Like in my mind, in my mind, I was like, this game is over. Like I didn't even need to see the game. And then we watched it and it was indeed over minute five. Like it was just like, is that interesting? Is that is that fun to watch? Is it good gameplay? Hmm. It's like, you know, like yeah. I mean, Secret would have won with another hero as well. It just it it made the game really flat, right? Like it, it wasn't very interesting. Uh so it's it's a hero design that I'm not a very big fan of, together with techies. Uh but like, when you think about how big the hero pool is, the fact that I only really have a problem with two heroes speaks for how good the Dota hero pool really is. Like, if you dislike 
conceptually dislike undying. two heroes out of a hundred and twenty. I, I think Undying is a good design. I know you don't like his ulti. You like but you like heroes with no yeah. ultimate, Cinderin? That what you're trying to say? You're underrating that ulti, but it's not very good. But you're still making it. Good. <laughs> you're really underrated. It's not very good, by the way, but it's underrated. I mean, you're still saying shit. it's literal garbage, which is not true. Of course, it's not true. It's not true. The hero's garbage, though. That's different. Yeah, but he's not garbage by design, though. I don't know. I've never found him interesting, even from Dota 1 days, when he That's had this fine. single target, amplified damage, essentially, ult. Mm-hmm. That's not true. I think conceptually it is an interesting hero. I just I never liked his skill set, I guess. Uh, it just felt like more all or nothing into early game aggression, and then you're just done after 10 minutes. Sure, but, but is that a bad is it a bad concept to have a hero that is very strong in one stage of the game and weak in another it's kind of like saying every late game carry is boring because they're just good late game like what about brood that's what strategy is right brood's huh? strong but then falls off well, late game it does it even <laughs> i it mean does. yeah it does to an extent but if you like, get to late game the, the difference is the impact on the game right like in a game where undying falls off in the mid late game it's not like okay undying fell off it's lost but in a game where Brood takes off, it's like, okay, Brood is just owning the whole game. Like, you're rarely going to see a game where Undying was, oh my god, he was so good the first five to ten minutes, he's just soloing the game. Like, when does that ever happen? I don't know. It's I feel like they're very different in how they oh, impact the game. This reminds me, before we go, last question. Mm-hmm. In Oh, wait. Actually, yeah, this can still this is technically an item, but it's a hero item for Ags. Mm-hmm. Do you think Weaver Ags will be nerfed in the next big patch? I think it should, and I think it will. Yeah. For those that didn't see I, us casting, it was. It's not that this item hasn't been strong, but the combo with Storm is actually just hundred percent broken. Um, you can go and defend a lane from mid to bottom, time lapse him, and he's back mid again. It, it with full mana flow, like completely broken. I think if anything, the the cooldown needs to be just the default cooldown. It doesn't need to get sure. a benefit from Axe, in my opinion. Could make okay. time lapse castable on an ally. That would already be a great X. Yep. I still I think that's really good. All yeah. right. Thanks everybody for watching. Cinder and have you seen in Bruges? No. Great. See you next week, everybody. Bye. We say things that don't mean anything. But thanks for listening. Yeah.